This is Ernest from Earth, Chapter 9. The boys came bounding out of the woods and into the open field near Dat's house. As they sprinted through the tall grass of the field, Dat's mother came into view. She was standing on the front porch, and Ernest instantly recognized her from the photograph. She wore a brown, floral-patterned apron, and her dark hair was pulled back tightly. She stood with her hands on her hips, and her short, but sturdy frame emanated strength. Just follow my lead, Dat instructed as the boys approached the porch. Dat bounded up the stairs, and Ernest followed, holding his breath as he made the top of the porch. Dad gave his mother a quick hug with one arm and said, Hi, Mom. Love you, before he tried to pull away and enter the house. Hang on, Mrs. Sparrow said, grabbing hold of Dad's shirt to impede his progress toward the door. Who's our guest? Ernest stood sheepishly in front of Mrs. Sparrow. He kept his shoulder pointed toward her, and he stared down at his own feet, nervously avoiding eye contact. That's Ernest said Dat. He's new. Dat tried to continue toward the door, but his mother again intervened. Do I know your parents, dear? Ernest knew the question was directed at him, but he didn't want to look up. No, ma'am, he said, only sneaking a quick glimpse at Dat's mother out of the corners of his eyes to confirm that she was, in fact, staring squarely at him. Dat burst in for an attempted rescue. They're not from around here. Ernest might have to stay with us for a few days. Hmm, pondered Mrs. Sparrow. I should really speak with your parents. My parents... Ernest stopped and turned slowly toward Dad's mother, facing her squarely for the first time. Ernest lifted his head slowly and found a comforting gaze that reminded him of his own mother. My parents aren't around right now. Ernest sputtered out nervously. Mrs. Sparrow studied Ernest for several seconds. She looked curiously, but kindly. Ernest considered turning and running back into the woods, but there was something very disarming about Mrs. Sparrow. She seemed to sense the honesty and fear in Ernest's voice, and she simply nodded and said, All right, then. You're welcome here as long as you need. Ernest managed to squeeze out a quick, thank you, ma'am, before Dat yanked him through the front door by his arm. Once inside, a wave of air, warm and thick, with the rich and succulent smell of home-cooked food, washed over Ernest. The boys walked down the hallway inside the front door that opened to the stairway and led past the living room to the dining room. Ernest felt as though he was in a dream gliding into the haze of sights and sounds and smells that hung in the dining room. The room was neither large nor opulent, but it brimmed with life. It was hardly large enough to contain the modest but sturdy rectangular wooden table that was squeezed into the space. The table was built to serve six people, but Ernest watched as Mrs. Sparrow set places for eight. The room was filled with loud talking and laughter as people shuffled about to find a chair. Aside from Dad's mother, there was another woman. She was slightly taller than Mrs. Sparrow, and she was very thin, almost gaunt. She guided two children, a boy and a girl, toward a seat along the far wall of the dining room. 
The woman had fair red skin that bordered on pink, and she wore a light green dress that fit nicely but had been visibly mended several times. The children, who appeared to be around five or six years old, maintained a more vibrant red complexion than the mother. The boy wore a button-down shirt with jeans that had been patched in the knees and appeared to be about a size too small. And the girl wore a fluffy yellow dress that hung from her slight frame. Before she sat, the woman turned to Dat's mother and said, Vim, I just want to thank you again for having us. The woman's voice was soft, and it cracked a little when she spoke, as if choking back a tear. Mrs. Sparrow stopped setting silverware, looked warmly at the woman, and said, We're pleased to have you. The woman gave a grateful nod and directed her children to sit. The three of them sat across a table from where Dat and Ernest stood, along the back of the dining room, which was lined with a long kitchen hutch. Then a massive figure appeared in the doorway from the kitchen. It was a man with a deep crimson skin, broad shoulders, and a barrel chest. His bald head nearly brushed the top of the door frame as he entered the dining room, and he struggled to squeeze his large midsection around the corner of the table and into a chair. Ernest was intrigued by the man. He wouldn't have characterized the man as fat, just large in every possible direction. He had a thick black and white beard, and he plopped down on a chair at the corner of the table near Dat and Ernest. Howdy, boys, the big man bellowed, before turning to greet the woman across the table. That's Mr. O'Carr, Dat whispered into Ernest's ear. We call him Mr. O. He's here every day. Ernest looked at Dat and nodded before quickly turning his attention back toward the kitchen doorway. There stood Dat's father. Ernest recognized the dark red skin and strong features. He wore crisp suit pants and a long sleeve white button shirt. His sleeves were rolled at the forearms, and he wore a loosened necktie and dark-rimmed glasses. Mr. Sparrow had visibly aged from the photograph Ernest had seen upstairs. His close-cropped hair had grayed at the temples, and the lines of his face had become deeper and more defined. Even so, he made a strong, almost imposing stature. Mrs. Sparrow, Mr. Sparrow looked up at Ernest, and Ernest became uneasy. Ernest felt as if Dad's father could see right through his guise. Ernest watched as Mr. Sparrow moved smoothly in the dining room and pulled out a chair at the end of the table. He never broke eye contact with Ernest as he sat down and asked, Man, who do we have here? Ernest was panicked. His mind raced, nervously searching for his own name. This is Ernest, came the soft reply from Mrs. Sparrow, who had circled the table and placed a gentle hand on Ernest's shoulder. He'll be staying with us for a while. Ernest looked up at Mrs. Sparrow with genuine relief. She smiled assuredly back at him before looking to her husband. The two shared an understanding glance, and Dad's father nodded, pushing the matter no further. Well, it's nice to meet you, Ernest. Please have a seat, Mr. Sparrow offered, and he motioned the boys to sit down.
Mr. Sparrow sat at the head of the table nearest the kitchen door. That squeezed in next to Mr. O with Ernest right beside him. Mrs. Sparrow slid into her place at the other end of the table, across from her husband. The meal began very quietly as everyone passed plates and bowls and uttered only the occasional please or thank you. It was apparent that Ernest wasn't the only nervous member of the party. The slender woman and her children also seemed uneasy. They waited for food to be passed around the table without reaching for anything themselves. And they largely avoided eye contact until a dish was handed to them. Ernest supposed he probably looked the same way. Things were a bit uncomfortable until Mr. Rowe decided to cut the tension. He had a booming voice that seemed necessary for a man his size. And he broke the silence by declaring, Well, it's about as awkward in here as my first day instructing in the Army. Vim, Mr. O continued to Dad's mother, Have I ever told you that story? (laughs) Only about 50 times, Mrs. Sparrow said with a laugh. Well, the kids haven't heard it, have you? Mr. O asked, turning to Dad and Ernest, and then to the children across from him. Ernest and the other children shook their heads, and Mr. O continued. So this is back during the war, and I'd already been in the service for some time. The blue officers wouldn't train red troops, so we had to do our own training. I guess, since I'd already been in, been in a while, it was decided that I should be put in charge of training the new red servicemen when they arrived at Fort Jayon. Well, I was about to receive my first unit, and I'm out on the training yard, waiting when a bus pulls up in front of the barracks. All these young pups start streaming out. Now, I'm ready for this. I've been thinking about what I was going to say for days, and all these new troops come off the bus and start lining up. I just pace. I walk back and forth, looking everyone over as they fall into rows. All these kids are just standing there at attention, nervous, trying not to fidget. Once I've even given once I've given every new man a good stare, I circle back to the front of the unit and face all my troops. I linger there for a few seconds, kinda letting the suspense build. Then I launch into it. I'm gonna deliver the speech to end all speeches, tell these kids what we're about and what my expectations are. But as soon as I raise my voice, bang Mr. O slapped his broad hand on the table and the children all jumped before he continued. The buckle on my belt just bursts open. Everyone at the table began to laugh, and Mr. O went on. Now, I feel this happen, and I can tell that every one of those new troops just saw it happen, too. I don't want to look down to confirm what I already know, so I'm just staring at 30 young men. I see them all stiffen up, trying to hold in their laughter. Well... There wasn't much left for me to do. I look down at my busted belt and back up at the troops, and I just say, Woo-hoo! Did you see that? The way that buckle popped off there, you fellas in the front row are lucky to be alive. Dat, Ernest, Dat's parent, the slender woman, and the other children all laughed heartily. And Miss Rowe concluded by saying, It wasn't quite the start I was shooting for, but I told those boys, You better laugh now. You never know how many chances, how many more chances you got. 
They did laugh, and we were all a bit better for it. The rest of supper was much more relaxed. Ernest remained quiet, speaking only to offer the occasional please or thank you. But when Mr. O wasn't shoveling food into his mouth, which he did with regularity, or drinking some sort of brown liquor, which he did with equal regularity, he was telling the most hilarious stories Ernest had ever heard. Everyone laughed and talked, and Ernest was happy to have the attention away from himself. After supper, Dad and Ernest cleared the table and washed dishes in the kitchen. The slender woman and her children thanked Dad's parents again and left for home. Mr. Sparrow, Mrs. Sparrow, and Mr. O sat at the table speaking softly, Mr. O sipping another drink. When the boys re-entered the dining room, Mr. Sparrow turned to Ernest and asked, I suspect you'll be heading to school with Dad in the morning. The thought had not occurred to Ernest, but recognizing that the question was more instruction than inquiry, Ernest simply nodded and cleared his throat before squeaking out, <clears throat> Yes, sir. Well, Mr. Sparrow continued, I suppose you two better head upstairs to get ready for bed then. Dad hugged his mother and father and said good night to Mr. O. Ernest managed a quick thank you and good night before the two boys turned and ran up the stairs. <laughs>